What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Diamond Talk. And today we have a stacked show. As always, Andrew Massage, general manager of In the Zone Baseball and Softball Academy, is with us. Andrew, how are you? Doing great, Jeremy. How you doing? Can't complain. It's been one heck, heck of a week here in the zone. We've got a lot of stuff going on. Yes, sir. But as promised, we have our very first guest of season three. Um, she is a pitching coach at St. Peter's University in New Jersey. She is Sue Rufo. Sue, how are you? Happy to have you on. I'm good. Thanks a lot. Happy to be here. We've been talking about this for quite some time now. I know it's something that we wanted to get done, so we're happy to have you. Thanks for joining on. Do my best. Okay. Okay. I mean, we had a lot of pre-show discussion, but we got the ball rolling and we're we're, we're ready to go. We're right. firing this thing we're off. We're just going to do it, and we're going to be putting out information for coaches, players, parents, whatever your category is, this is the show for you. Uh, today we're going to be covering the recruiting process, both both on the baseball side and, of course, the softball side. Uh, we're going to be talking about what to look for as a player uh, or what to do as a player if you're at a showcase, event, camp, whatever the case is. And then, of course, we're going to be talking about a very good off-season program uh, to do, especially in the winter in those cold weather states. So let's just do it. Before we do that, Sue, I kind of want to dive in and I want to know more about you. Tell us about your background. Tell us how you got to where you where you are now as the softball pitching coach at St. Peter's University. I played uh, softball here in Morris County in high school. Then I went to University of Rhode Island, played a year there, mm-hmm. uh, came back and did County College of Morris for a year. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then I actually went to NJIT and got a degree there and played softball there for two years. They went D2 that year, and I was very excited because we were sponsored by Nike. Nice. Nice. Welcome to a 20-year-old psyche. So one of the things about that background that does um, lend itself to especially the topic today is that I played at three different schools, three different divisions, Mm -hmm. and had a different experience than being one place one right. experience. So right. when we talk to a lot of recruits, I have pretty much have seen it <laughs> yeah, all. Yeah. Uh, then I ended up doing the, um, I did you know club coaching, mm-hmm. um, town coaching, and then I uh, met the head coach at St. Peter's, Chris Stelma, and we did club together. He took the job at St. Peter's mm-hmm. and asked me to come on as the pitching coach and assistant coach, and that's how we got where we got. So it's been nice. a ride. It's nice. been super it's been fun. Very, very well-rounded. Like everyone else, it, it's softball and many other sports have been a part of my life yeah. forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I played three sports in high school. I actually played two sports in college. Oh, uh, yeah? What's and the second so, one? Soccer. Nice. Oh. So I was a goalie at five foot five. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't sound you pretty typical. You can see that I like a challenge. Yeah. I'm also a pitcher yeah. at five foot five. There you go. So no, that's, I, I, that's I, how we got here. And I love that because it, um, you've been around every type of softball just like I have just like Andrew has you, you've seen the the grit and the grind of New Jersey softball in the winter and the, and the cold weather and and having to really grind it out in a season and then you've been at you know Rhode Island where it's I don't want to say given to you but it's, it's almost like a, 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 being any a, any D1 player mm-hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot of perks that come with it um and then playing at NJIT but coming back home and and to be where you're at now you you really seen you you, you really seen you know it all, for lack of a better term. I mean, mm-hmm. yep. chime in for what you think, but coming from, from someone who started at, you know, like a JUCO level and seeing the grind it takes and 
having to get my guys recruited to go to different places and, and coaches telling me all the time why well, I love recruiting JUCO players from New Jersey because they, they, they're grinders and mm -hmm. they have a different mentality than everyone else. And, and it's true. It really is. You know, right. the, the grind that New Jersey players put in on a regular basis is totally different from someone from Florida where it's warm all the time and they get to play baseball and softball all the time. It's just different. You know, we might be a little biased, but that's and, all right. And, but it, it's something that's been told, and I, I hear it all the time. Right. And, of course, we're biased. We're from New Jersey. We feel it. We hear it, you know. But, you know, it is something that's been told to me. I'm sure it's been told to you. I've heard it once or it's twice. It's just yep. a different mindset that, you know. It lends itself to what something we call, like, when we're recruiting, right. especially mm -hmm. talking today, is that we look for kids that have grit. Right. right. You have to want it right. mm -hmm. when you play a sport, a summer sport in a winter climate. Mm -hmm. You have to find a way to do it. When we, when I was coming up, we did not play the same sport year-round. I right. actually competitively skied oh. um, in the winter months yeah. uh, and played basketball and mm -hmm. anything else. But we didn't do this one sport all year and gave up everything else. Right. Um, I'm a big fan of multi-sport athletes. Mm -hmm. I think it, it is really lends itself to being just a better competitor. Yeah. You have to use different skill sets. You have a different mindset and approach to each sport. And I think that's something, and when you're in New Jersey, because you don't have, can't go to a ball field right. between November and February, you have to find something else that can lend itself to the sport you're trying to develop. Like mm -hmm. it in the zone. Absolutely. Yes. Place there right yes. Now. Um, so obviously we've seen facilities pop up left and right. And it's funny because you go down to a place like Florida, I was talking to my friend last night who is a coach at Atlantis University in Miami. In Miami, um, And by the way, they're playing their first game today. That's insane. And, and Good but, for them. But he's telling me, he's like, there's, not, there's, not, there's maybe two facilities uh, in the Miami area. Why? Because they get to play all year round. They don't need an indoor facility to train in right. when it's 60 degrees, which is their winter, the week of winter. So mm -hmm. it really is crazy how the different mentalities and different mindsets from state to state, even from you know region to region, it changes really with the weather. Right. Um, with that said, I know we touched on some recruiting points. So I, I want you to take us through, and um, obviously – you know, with baseball and softball, there's some similarities there. But I want you to take us through the recruiting process, right? Let's 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 put myself in the shoes as a softball player, high school softball player coming up, wanting to play college at the next level, or wanting to play softball at the next level. Excuse me. Um, what, what's the process for a typical softball high school player? So very typically, the showcase system is alive and well in New Jersey. For better or for worse, the structure of it is you have to be on a team that gets into tournaments that. Mm -hmm the type of coaches you're trying to attract go to. So when we go to the showcases, we are usually there to see someone that's already expressed an interest in our school. Mm -hmm. So where that lends itself immediately to is if you are playing club and you are on a team, um, coaches don't just stumble on you. Uh, that's, we, we are watching games because there's someone probably on that team that we already have an interest in and then if there's another person on that team, we're absolutely a fan. And we'll say, oh, you know, we went to see Jeremy, but I saw this guy, Andrew, and wow, let's take a look at him. With that being said, the, it's on the athletes. It's up to them to reach out to the coaches that they want to get in front of. So there are recruiting services. There are all these things. We don't really, in the softball world, at least in my experience, we don't look for someone to come tell us about someone right the player emails us 
repetitively. Mm -hmm. The best way we tell people to get in front of a coach is to go to the camp that's at their school or their facility. Mm -hmm. And then you can really find out if you like the school, if you like the coaches, if you like the kids. Uh, the showcases is a great place to get a school to look at you. So if you've expressed an interest, a lot of times, as you may know, with D1, we can't respond to, to players right. until a very specific date. Mm -hmm. So they have to email us for two years and then eventually. And then hope for the best. Yeah, and then, but I think that really the, the biggest thing we tell um, the showcase athletes is one is to really find the school that you like, right. in the geography that you like, right. with the size, your major, you know, it. You have to, though you cast a wide net, mm -hmm. it has to be realistic. Right. Mm -hmm. Sue, I don't mean to interrupt you here, but Jeremy, I believe this sounds pretty specific, uh, pretty similar, similar to what yeah, we've it's been a, it's talking about process, with our guys. And, um, I like what you, you touched on the camps there because it, it's not like this now, but we still see camps at D1 level and for baseball. Uh, you still see a whole bunch of camps, and it's still a primetime way for a coaching staff to see somebody. But it, it, it really is, for what you said, those dates. D1 is very specific when it comes to recruiting, right? There's a certain there's certain time where you can actually leave campus to go recruit, and then there's certain times that you can have players come onto your campus where you can't leave, and then a certain time period where you can't touch a player at all. You can't call them, you can't communicate with them, you can't, you know, talk to them. So it's like, it's very specific, and it, it, it really takes a really, um, you know, knowledgeable player to do their background homework, to know, hey, I know, you know, Coach Rufo is available from this state to this state. I need to make sure that I'm getting as much contact I, I, that I can with her. Yep. Um, so that's, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure the dates are similar, right, with, with softball and baseball as far as recruiting goes. Or it's, yeah, I'd say part, close right? enough. Yeah. It, it's, it's, I will say, as restrictive. It may not be with the same dates, right. but there are definitely, and that is one of the frustrations, and we feel for the kids right. when we go to the showcases and they have access to us. We actually find ourselves actually saying a lot of times, at least when we're with other D1 coaches, if you have a question, this is a great right. time to ask because this right. does not come up that often. Mm -hmm. uh, we see kids at multiple camps, and those are the you know the showcase camps also, right. which is not just usually it's I don't it's like the first day of a camp will be a showcase, mm -hmm. or it's purely just a, a showcase day, mm -hmm. and I think that's part of that recruiting. And they always ask, what should we ask? One of the things my peers and I a lot of times say. We get all the kids together. I don't know if you do mm -hmm. it. They do it in the beginning, yep. yeah. and they'll say, "Do you have any questions?" They don't have questions, and I have them raise their hand. I said, how many of you have no idea what to ask? Right. Because they don't know mm -hmm. what they don't know. Right. Right. So we have to then take it upon ourselves to offer, would you like to know what the schedule is like? Right. How does strength training work in? What are the hours? What, right. are, what, is, what are your expectations? And then you see sort of the deer in the headlight right. because yep. I think when they go to a camp they want me to say I need someone that's coachable that competes that's skill-based right and in fact when they go to the camps if they're there the majority of the players have similar skill sets mm -hmm. so it's not necessarily the skills that you're really getting right. information at showcases about yeah. mm -hmm. it's more about this process right. mm -hmm. right. and I have to tell you most of the feedback we get at the end is thank you for reminding me right. that it doesn't matter D1, D2, D3, JUCO, find something that fits you. Right. Right. You only have a certain percentage of athletes that play at the college level, period. So if you can get there, you've already 
beaten. 94% of the rest of the kids Right, I was going to say, what is it, 7%? It's, it's like, like that? 7% that yeah. play at any level. Mm -hmm. So you really have to sort of remind them to feel good about what they're doing because yeah. there's a lot of no's yeah. before you find the yes that fits. Yeah. And, and, and that's a, and now nowadays with the transfer portal, we see people jumping in and out of that portal like there's like there's That was a tomorrow. great reaction, Sue. Oh. It, that's, that's, the, that's actually the appropriate reaction for what's going on now. And again, we're in unprecedented times and COVID has kind of tailed back everything. And now we have kids in school for six years, but, you know, playing baseball and softball for six years. It's ridiculous right now. But with that said, I do think that it's going to be tailing back a little bit either this year or the next um, with the transfer portal. I think it's not going to be as easy as it is now. Like back, I know three years ago, if you, were in the, if you wanted to transfer, you had to sit out for a certain amount of time, right? Yeah, they've definitely made some adjustments. Uh, COVID accelerated right. it. Right. They were on their way to sort of helping that cause. But I think with the fifth year and the you know, the, the players that want to play and then the players that want to play, but then there's no funding. Right. So you have players that are coming back for a graduate year. They'd like to do a graduate year, mm -hmm. but they can't get financial assistance. Yeah. And then that they cannot find a school that will do both. If right. you can be a GA, that's great. But, um, yeah, I think it's a challenge, and I think it's great that they gave the opportunity to give back the year because that was heartbreaking. 100%. You know, being pulled off the field on our COVID year, yeah. Yeah, That's the really seniors tough. didn't know it was their last ball they'd ever hit. I mean, it was heart-wrenching. Yeah. I can't imagine being a college athlete mm -hmm. at that time. No, it was a mess. We, we were on the field. It was, it, was, it, was very, it was very frustrating for us and mostly our seniors. So the fact that they could have had the opportunity to come back, some did, some didn't. Yeah. And that's, I think, school-wide, but the transfer um, opportunities have the, I mean, now it may be going full swing because now you're getting a lot of um, push pushback on the softball world where there are players that are just bouncing now. Yeah. They are right. just yeah. pitchers, of course, especially, well, you it, know. <laughs> it makes the recruiting process a mess because now, as a co like, typically as a coach, sometimes this is the case and sometimes it's not, but it really screws the 21 and 22 high school class because if you look at it in the standpoint of you have a fifth-year senior quote-unquote veteran who knows what they're doing, knows the program, you kind of molded them to be what you wanted them to be, you're going to take that 10 out of 10 times rather than having to mold another freshman to come in. Sometimes, not always. We've seen some cases where a school, for example, I know for a fact like Steve Owens is at Rutgers, he cut some scholarships for those fifth-year seniors because they were just getting too old. They were, he couldn't help them anymore. He'd rather mold a, a, a freshman to come in and do what he wanted. Granted, again, he's a new coach, so he's still trying to get that regime to, uh, up to what he wanted. Um, but there's just many different cases, and I think in this point, especially with COVID and the recruiting process, we kind of did see a little bit of hurt with, um, with, the, with the seniors coming out of high school. Yeah, I think it was a challenge. The 20s, the 20s were rough. I think the 21s had it a little better because they hadn't really come out with the ruling on the fifth year at that window. Mm -hmm. And now it's going to settle down. I, th I think it will settle down more, but we are still feeling it yeah. right now. We're into 20, you know, threes and 24s now, and we can now project what our budget is, and right. we can project where where we have room for for players but we also did have players that transferred out you know they mm -hmm. decided they didn't come back from the covid year even you know they just decided yeah. to stop playing and that's i mean all over you right. know players just moved around but i think that going back to the 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 mess 
Um, the process isn't going to change as far as a player trying to get, you know, we get the number one question at our showcases, how do I get seen by a coach? Mm -hmm. And I just have to keep going back when we talk to our players, is that you have to try to find that consistency with schools that you've targeted. And then we have the other question I'm sure you guys get, well, how long do you wait to hear from yeah. those schools that you really want to go to? Right. And that's one of the most challenging things to answer to a player because it's a timing. It's is your position, it's your year, it's your academics, it's out. Softball's a pool sport. Funding is not, you know, the misnomer of a full ride, mm -hmm. you know, has become this big conversation. So I think that with the way the process goes, the player, and it's no fun for the coaches. I think you guys would agree. It's no fun what we have to, how we have to negotiate either saying yes to a player, no to a player, when to do it. Mm -hmm. We have to wait until they come back. It's it's really, a, um, it's a challenge. And, and don't get me started on these NLIs. That's a whole other topic for another day. That's playing such a hard play in D1 sports really, or even NCAA sports with the money that these athletes are able to make and different schools with this type, with this different name can make an athlete more money than say another school. Well, you know, again, I don't even want to get too much into it because that's again, an all, a topic for a that's whole, whole other podcast and I can take an hour or two to talk about it. But so, all right, let's jump back to the process. So I'm now a, a player. I've, I've reached out to the school of my dreams. I've talked to the coaching staff. I, I went to the showcase. I went to the camp. Um, and now the school's interested. What are the next steps? Do I, how do, do I get my official visit? Do I go see a couple games? Do I meet with the coaching staff? Again, per division, rules are right. different. Right. So when you, to speak more generally, because this will D1, D2, and D3, and they're all a little different, right. but each division has a, a, a process, right? So you go to, do, you can do an official visit. That's a certain time frame. You do unofficial visits different time frame. I can go see you at a high school game once. I right. can go. So I to, to say what is the process, one of the best things you can do as a player is just Google right. what the schools are. Know what the schools are, D1, D2, D3, and know that there are variations with the rules. And there are plenty of websites out there that sort of say this is the way D1, you first try to go on a visit on the campus, having nothing to do with softball. Just a tour. Just go take the tour. Understand the campus, yeah. Understand the campus. I'm in a city campus. Mm -hmm. uh, it's pretty and, easy. And for those of you who don't know, it is a big difference. The yeah. campus makes a lot. Yeah. Makes the college experience very different. So because I'm a city campus and I go to, I'm recruiting and I'm standing next to Villanova. Uh, we're, we're in Jersey City. Villanova is 45 minutes outside of Philly in a suburb. Mm -hmm. Um in the middle of nowhere. There is, there's very different scenarios on each of those campuses. So a player that uh, is interested in being in the city, you know, we're in Jersey City. We are looking at Manhattan. If you like a city campus, we, you consider us. If you think this city is not for you, you really shouldn't go down that path. That's, again, being selective and finding mm -hmm. the time to go to the schools you think you would like. Yeah. And how many, sorry to cut you up, how many players have you seen just get caught up in being a D1 athlete and not looking at any other aspects of the school. Yeah, I just, love the reactions. I just, I just rolled my eyes yeah. again. I wish um, you had a camera so you can uh, capture all the reactions. Yes, uh, I think number one, and that's why I was saying when we talk about the showcase, to widen your net. Yeah. Um, the idea of playing, D1 has the breadth, two, 296 schools. 
I mean, that goes from the MAC in the Northeast, that's where we mm -hmm. play, in, um, to, you know, Big Ten, and I'm, um, you know. Yeah, kind of <laughs> I, it, it's the, the, the breadth of competition, of level of play, of schedules. You know, we all play almost 50 games, but those games are played in completely different and different competition. Yeah. So if you get hung up on wanting to be a D1 player and you give up an opportunity at the D2, D3, or JUCO to make this sport part of your life. Women particularly do not have a longevity past college. Not to say that baseball, but you have more of a shot of continuing right. your, edu your, your playing career as a baseball athlete. Mm -hmm. We have a very finite amount of time. Mm -hmm. So w I like to tell young women all the time, make this part of your college career that's and great. enjoy it because it will be over in a blink, yeah. right? It's been it a long time since I've been in high school, and right. it is a blink. And if you don't make the most of it and be able to play, so we say a lot of times, right, you want to go play for University of Florida. Maybe you get on their team. Maybe you play three innings in four years. Was that the experience you wanted right. to have? Great, if it is. Or you go to a school that's not as competitive, you are, instead of being on the bench, you're a starter and you end up playing 200 games in your career, is that what you're looking for? Yeah. And that's something to consider. It's great to say I played D1. I said, I say it, it was great. Yeah. It Was it different than my JUCO and then my D2 experience? Yeah, it was different, but I liked all of them and I got to experience, you know, I went to spring training in Hawaii with my D2, right. you know, I, right. <laughs> so, right. so, who's, awesome. so who's to say, you know, right. but I also, the friendships and the, the, the lessons I learned also about having to negotiate different schedules, different players, different mm -hmm. coaches, different, it really, uh, we like to say that, yes, we're developing athletes, but I'm trying to develop young women that can go out in the world and take the lessons that they had to learn from these sports, and we have some realities and women's sports that men's don't. Right. Inevitably, we don't get funded the way yeah. men's do. Um, you know, the NCAA basketball, women's basketball, where right. the, that, was it two years ago? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the, the gym, gym the gym was, was a, couple uh, you know, of a set of weights for yeah. the women, and it was a full-blown, you know. Yeah, that was, that was disappointing. Yeah, so again, not to make that no, into no, a no. Title IX. I am, a, I am the product of Title IX, and I'm still waiting for parts of Title IX to happen. But I do think that that, um, that experience is what you should be looking for. 100%. And I totally agree that don't fixate on a division. Right. It doesn't mean to sell yourself short. Right. It just means make this a part of your life that you can then carry on. If it's saying something, I still play competitive ball today. Right. Because I love it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, the experience I had in college made me want to coach, right. made me want to continue to play. I've gotten to play as an adult, albeit slow pitch, but it's okay. I, I can't pitch slow pitch. I could never make the jump from fast pitch to slow pitch. Um, but it is something that I still really, really enjoy. So I found a way to make this sport part of my life. And yeah. Continuously. Did see, and did I see myself coaching in college? Not necessarily. Yeah. I'll second that. Yeah. Yeah. That you didn't see me playing in college. <laughs> <laughs> that I didn't um, see myself coaching after college. Yeah, well, yeah. It, I will say when I was coming up, it wasn't as much of a thing. Right. Uh, you know, there's definitely some years different sitting at this table. Um, <laughs> you know, there was not a degree called even sports management, mm -hmm. you know, so there really wasn't something you had to be right. very 
dedicated or have the opportunity, you know, presented right away. Right. Mm -hmm. It was not the norm yeah. and, um, and 20 years ago. That's 100%. And I, I want to touch on real quick you see, the coaching aspect of it, because especially in D1, again, there's different rules for every division, but especially D1, you're limited. And I know in baseball it's four coaches with a, or three, co three paid coaches with a voluntary assistant. In softball, is it the same thing, or is it it's two coaches in one? Two and three. You can actually mix it up. It's one head, of okay, course. Right. And then it's the paid is also depending on division and school. Right, mm -hmm. right. And I know it's been a big conversation in NCAA Division One for to have that fourth assistant coach being paid and, and having a, a fifth coach as a volley and pushing everything back. But then we see some greedy schools like Power Five schools that don't want it because it, it levels the playing field, and that's something they don't want. They don't want yeah. the playing field to be level. But, again, right. a topic for a different day and just another setback that I think D1 has too because there's different things like, like you said, D1 school, they can only recruit from a, from a certain time period. They can leave the campus. As a JUCO, I can go recruit whenever I want. It's just that's the God honest truth. Oh, I have I friends that coach D3, <clears throat> and I, I often think, are you taking them out for dinner before the game? I can't <laughs> even wave. Right. You know, I mean, I, and, it, and I get it. It's frustrating, and sometimes that's also frustrating for the player because if, they, if I'm standing and I have my, you know, St. Peter's, right. and they don't know me, they don't know if I'm D1, and they'll, hi, coach, and, and, Hi, I'm so and so, and I have to sort of, hello, and then I have to walk away. It, yeah. It's just a, it's it's so, e it's even how we tough. can talk to the club coaches. Yeah. I don't know. We can't ask to have a player put in mm -hmm. unless they're a certain year. We can't see them in a position unless they're a certain right. year. Their eligibility, and it's 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 tough. Right. One thing it does do, and I don't mind this though, is when we do the showcases and we have a player that'll tell us, oh, I only got in one inning and only got three plays. I, I don't mind that because, right. well, then, uh, how do you do on those three plays? Yeah. Because that's the pressure you're going to be under. Right. So, you know, where club is, you know, three games, they're all in softball, it's typically three, day, three games in a day, mm -hmm. and they may play only six innings. And we'll say, yeah, well, we only play double headers. So you right. can go on a regular play day for us. If you may only play three innings, yeah. you have to make or one play. You right. have to make the most of that play. So that's another thing that they, they kind of don't get. Right. They feel mm -hmm. like, oh, you didn't get to, can you come out and see me again and again and again? Mm -hmm. And I almost want to say sometimes, I can kind of tell from right. one or two right. where your head is or what your competitiveness is. You can tell how you run out to the field, how, what type of player you are. You can't, oh, so yeah. Many Pre-game, there's so many ways, and I want to, that's actually a good segue to the next topic, but how funny is it, real quick, when you're at a showcase and you're just standing there with your clipboard, stopwatch, maybe a radar gun, and just people walk by, parents typically just stare at you and look at your shirt and, and try to see who you are. <laughs> I have this so many times, like, I've, I've been at Domination, I'm just sitting there with a stopwatch and gunning somebody, parent walk by, and it's not like they're trying to be discreet about it. They look into your eyes, look at your chest, look at your hat, see what school you're from, to be able to tell, hey, so-and-so is here to watch you. Or, you know? Yeah, I think even funnier, you can tell what division you are because all the D1 coaches, we only talk to each other. Mm -hmm. Because that's because all you can talk to. Because it's the only people we can talk yeah. to. And so it's almost like after a game is over, I can even identify which schools are who because the players come off the field and mm -hmm. immediately talk and you immediately can go, Oh, it's either that division or they're that year. Right. But, um, yeah, and I think that, again, that's the awareness, unfortunately, on the player to really know. Right. And then if they figure out where you are, they can go, oh, so-and-so's here. You can right. you can go talk right. to them. It's just, again, having, and I'm a big 
have awareness, have an idea, have a, do, the, do your background homework, do your research, find all the information you can about the school, you can about Division One rules. I mean, I know there's a booklet out there you can get where there's just rules and rules and rules of what you can do. Um, but as a player, I like players who are aware, who know their yeah. surroundings. The, the emails on. that they send to, they have to have something that I would be interested in knowing. Yeah. A lot of times they have to, if they, we've had them addressed to other schools. Yeah. Oh, good. Hi, Coach Jeremy, right. and your your Coach Andrew, and right. oh, there is no Coach Jeremy right. here. Yeah. Um, right. The other part is saying something about why you want to go to that school, the school, not just the softball program. Right. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, also, if you're out of state or very far away, we find this at least. Um, we have the services that send us um, players from California, mm -hmm. and unless they follow up saying, "I want to go to school on the East Coast," we have family there. We've done. It's not sometimes worth our, the time right. to even pursue it right. because it came from a service. It came from, so the emails that you're putting in are usually have to have something. And hey, know about the school. I, I see you beat so and so last year. That's great. There, I don't like them. You know, something that would at least make um, we the coaches. Be interested in knowing that you're interested in that school particularly, right. not just a D one program. Make it unique. Right. Make it yeah. niche. You know, make it cater to that school. Absolutely. And, and that's a good segue to the next topic. And that's what do coaches look for in a player? And and to tail it back to make it more specific, as a player, how does how do you stand out for at a showcase, at a camp, at, a, at, a, at an event to to make to to have those eyes turn to you? I think that the the, t the baseline has to be your skills have to be there, mm -hmm. and you kind of know what level you're eligible to play for in college based on your teammates. So have that base. Uh, we're not kidding. We do look when you're on the bench, what kind of a teammate you are. Thank you for saying that because we tell the kids that all the time. It, it's real. Yeah, um, it if is. you strike out and you throw your bat and drop your helmet, I'm immediately... Turned off. You, you may yeah. not... Okay, look, if you're a freshman, I'll give it to you. If you're a junior or senior and you haven't developed a maturity to manage that, that's something we look at. The same is if you cheer for a player, not just the clap, clap, but, oh, did you see that play? That was fantastic. We notice that also. Mm -hmm. um, the standout plays, of course, it's super fun when you see a highlight play. Right. You can't not appreciate, like, these crazy like outfield they just ran a quarter mile dove head first over the fence and got <laughs> yeah. you can't not uh, you Absolutely. know that that's that yes that that's Everybody a thing that. yeah for us if we see a slapper that can put a ball on a dime mm -hmm. exactly where they want it mm -hmm. that's something that's super great too but as far as the standing out it's consistency i want to see consistency i want to see that you are able to lay off that one pitch that everybody else is missing, Being having discipline, and, you know, hitting a ground ball, yeah. running it out. Yep. Like, you think that's a basic... It's little things. Right. The details, because when you get to the next level, you're honing details, right? We can't reinvent the things you do. Right, you can't expect to teach these Because it's there. You're, you're, you wouldn't there. be with us right. if we didn't already see that you have X. So it's now like it's details. Level. And with pitching, particularly... You know, there are some habits that I can adjust, right. and there are other habits I can't. They're just too ingrained. But the thing that really comes back to what makes you stand out is your competitiveness. Right. Did you go all out every play, every moment, and you can tell that. Yeah. 
Ball you, hit you to left you field and you're in right that. field. Are you actually involved in the play somehow? Yeah, and you can't fake it. No, you really you can't. can't. I mean, you can see kids that want to. So I think that when you talk about standing out, consistency. And we, you know, it's a baller. Yeah. Someone who just absolutely jumps up and down, and if they miss, their head is in it for the next yeah. one. They didn't take themselves out of the next play. Um, and for, you know, pitching and catching. Catcher lofts one 20 feet over, you know, the second baseman's head <laughs> on a throwdown. Did they then miss the next two? Or did they come back and gun out the next one? And right. It's all about presence. 100%. And, and I like what you said there about the details because for me, at least when I recruit, I, I look at, like you said, I look at very specific plays. Can he move from his left to his right? A big, time, a big thing, too, the best way you're going to be seen is in between innings when your first baseman's rolling your ground balls. As a coach, that's our best time to see you because we know for sure you're going to get at least two or three ground balls, right? And, and that's another thing that people don't understand, especially like at the baseball level. And again, tell me how it is at the softball, but I'm looking for kids who are deep in the hole when they're warming up in between innings, right? I want to see your arm strength. Show me how you can throw the ball. Show me how you move left to right. Give Have me your, your best baseman. effort every right. time. Have your first baseman move. And then I watch when I bat, I know what type of player you are. I check those boxes off. Then I move on to, okay, how, how does he interact with his teammates? What does he do on the bench? Is he up every pitch? Is, is he talking? Is he getting behind his players? Is he, is he calling a timeout when his pitcher's not doing what he has to do to go talk to him and get, you know, sort of get on him to do this stuff? So it's the little things like you said, and I, I think it's a big note for players to understand when getting recruited and know that you're in that standpoint to get recruited what to do. A lot of times, like you said, players don't know to even ask questions or to even raise their hands or, or whatnot. But having an idea, you don't need a ball hit to you every time. Do the little things. Hustle over. Get back up. Do you know? It's the little things that matter. One of the things I, I tend to at least also really look at is game awareness. Yeah. Um, I think players live in a world a little bit too much of I'm doing what I'm doing because I'm told to do it. Right. Right. Uh, oh my but, God. Don't you know, even get me we started. grew up with no instruction. You know, barely, and we grew up, of course, you know, te- uh, wiffle ball right. and mm-hmm. made up plays and mm-hmm. um, the game awareness. Uh, you know, one of our, <laughs> one of my number one things is sort of players that don't understand, like, backside runner. Right. You know, something that is just or, or being able to, uh, we were talking about it with our third baseman. I'm a, currently, uh, third baseman shortstop. Uh, but faking out, uh, fake throw to first and right. turn around, tag them at third. Mm-hmm. The, the kind of, I call it, like, the playground mentality. Right. that You're just making things happen. But having a game awareness of not just, if I fumble it, I have to go to first. I have to. No, you have to know and anticipate. Right. The anticipation part is when you really separate the players from. You know, you can. I, I sort of the way I talk about pitchers sometimes is there are people that can pitch, and then there are pitchers. Right. Mm-hmm. So I say there are kids that can play ball, and then there are ball players. Right. right. They have this awareness. They. Dudes. They. They. Dudes on the they I mean, yeah. when we say, "Oh, that's you know, like okay, you can hit three hundred and fifty. I would have stud." Right. But when you see a girl fumble a ball, do a 360, fake a throw to third to tag the girl at second. That's game aware. That's mm-hmm. knowing what she might do right. if you do this. So creating something to happen. Right. It may seem a li- not routine, but the fact that they're able to do it and know what that next play should be. Mm-hmm. And you know where that comes from, which I think is a lost art from watching games. Sitting down, studying oh, yeah. film, watching softball games on ESPN. When I know it doesn't come around often, but definitely does. When the more and more. Run, when the College there. World Series is on, it's definitely it's on every day, and I'm tuned right. in. Right. We we outnumbered you on on uh, viewers, watch viewers on the World year? Series. You know why? Because my girl from JMU was going crazy. Oh my! That yeah. Well, when you get a player <laughs> like that, and it really does sort of inject very similar to um, 
tennis. I played yeah. competitive tennis as well. And you got like, you know, the Williams sisters. When you have mm -hmm. someone who is such a standout, and that, again, the, you know, the play that stands out for us for the JMU was when, when Odyssey dove head first yeah. at the plate to yep. get that oh, pop yeah. up. Yep, that, yep, that, yep. That, yep. And we're like, and the next inning hit a home run. Right. And line. we sit here, and, and of course, I want to say that's a pit. That's yeah. That, that's that's the pitcher. Yeah. That yeah. you think that's just what you did? No. No. Yeah. That's a, someone who was willing to say, "I'm gonna, I am gonna kill myself trying," mm -hmm. and able to deliver. So right. it was super fun. Right. And right. there, right. there are certain players that are very exciting to watch, and I think that's only helpful. And then, then if you find a player that at your showcase that is doing that also, yeah. like I love the ones. I don't, I don't mind a kid going head first when they don't need to. Sometimes yeah. I don't mind it because it just shows me. Right. Passion. They love. They, they like it. So I mean, are they going to do yeah. that all the time? No, right. but, but they're having fun. Yes. At the end of the day, it's, it's a game. That's and we, how you have fun. And we only get to do it for a certain exactly. amount of time at that level. So love it. Take it. Take it in and just go run with it. You know. And, and so for you, there's no such thing as too much over showcasing yourself doing. Well, the unnecessary jumping up for like a line drive no. and then catching it at yeah. your chest, I don't know, maybe that's a right. timing issue, but no, I do think is, I, I don't think if it's natural, you're not showboating. Right. Of course, the ones who are faking it are the ones that if they miss, they throw their glove. You right. can tell that a mile away too. Mm -hmm. The ones that do it naturally, I don't have a problem, that's not showboating. Yeah. yeah. Right. It, and you can tell. No, you can you tell when you're doing it. Just can you can tell when you're showboating and just to be better than the person behind you, or you can tell when you just well, do it naturally. And, you do and it let's put day. it this way: one kid, if they have, you know, when we say look at their feet, right. oh, they move their feet so well, they're doing that naturally. Yep. So it's actually right. sometimes they don't have that highlight play because they get to the ball so quickly every time. Yeah. Whereas someone who dives up the middle to get one. Did they need to dive, or yeah. are they just too slow to get to it and right. had to yeah. dive? So there's that, too. Yeah. But, right. again, hey, they dove. They dove. They At the end of the day, they, they went the, the end extra of the day, mile. They, they tried. Exactly. You know? right. um, and that's the biggest thing you can ask for, to try, have a sense of urgency, be out there, hustling. Compete. Right. Just compete. Oh, I, just want, I want people on the field that are just competing, not better, going through yeah. the motions and not feeling like they don't have to work to do it. Because yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of work. And for those of you at home listening right now, if you can't tell the excitement in all of our voices when we're talking about this, you should compete. pay attention. Especially when compete, compete came up. Compete. Yes. Yeah, when yes. compete comes up, it's, it's a... I'm a type A, a personality <laughs> with anything. I'll, I, I, would, I will challenge you to anything and just assume right. that I will win. I'm, so I can't lose it like bowling. I'm, I, have, I, I can't bowler. turn it off, right. so that's either a good or a bad thing. Everything, everything's a competition in my head. Everything. It's terrible. We'd be writing yes. a paper. I, if I write it first, I won. I don't care if I right. get it back. Right? <laughs> okay. Joking. That could be a stretch for me. But, <laughs> but um, no. So what, as, a, as a, another thing I wanted to tap into to, to almost close the segment, um, as someone, and, and again, we all come from New Jersey, so don't take this as, as a biased statement, but What's the perfect off-season program? What do you look for in a player? What do, you, what do you look for when they come into you? How are they ready? How do you know they're they're prepared and ready to go? So we have a uh, we have a plan for them. Right. So we have a, one of the things we have to do is a fitness test. That's just right. so we have a baseline. Of course. Um, a lot of times, that's your baseline. You know, you have to be able to complete finish your fitness test, and you have to pass it to be right. able to play. But the thing that when they come back, and we're actually just coming back tomorrow, I get to go see the team, hey. and yeah, and we'll have our first practice. And team practice or a yeah. four to one? Oh, full team yeah. practice. Well, you know, with COVID, we kind of have a right. little scrap, but right. um, yeah. And one of the things I want to see is that 
I left you in the second week of December. I now get you back, and I need to see that you gained ground. Right. So that meant that you did put the work in over the break. You still had to have fun and right. enjoy your holiday. But the perfect program is a mix of your working on your skills, your overall health. Mostly what goes first is your overall um, athletic ability is right. the best way I can say it. We, you leave, you have been on our 20-hour week, you have been in strength training, you can, you can run, let's call it 2-8 to first. If you come back five weeks later and you're now running 3-2, we know exactly what you did or right. didn't do over the break. Right. So, too many Christmas cookies. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of other stuff, I guess. Exactly. But, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. And then as far as skill-based, if you followed the program that we laid out, there's 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 no catch up right so mm -hmm. the perfect program is really just make sure you maintain and then try to gain ground um if you are trying t to work on bunting then come back stronger than you left i'm working with pitchers so you went away and I, you had work on this come back let's see if you move the needle yeah. so as far as a perfect program if you're looking for a, a prescription of this many burpees and this many. Mm -hmm. I think that's relative to the player. What did they need to work on? Right. Did you need to get quicker? Yep. Then okay, mm -hmm. I hope you spent six weeks becoming quicker. Did you need to be yeah. stronger? Did you need? So I don't know that there's a perfect one. And when we give our prescription for the winter, it covers basically yep. a continuity of what they did in the spring yep. stre strength training mm -hmm. and skills. And that's something we talked about in the very first episode that we did together. Yep. Dev and I think the word development can get mixed up in a lot of ways, okay? Development is not everybody doing the same thing at the same time. No. no development is an individual player working on his or her strengths and the whole team doing that coming together as a whole. That's development, Absolutely. I think. Every, and like, every player is different. Body types are different. Strengths are different. And what I tell my guys when we don't see them for a couple of weeks is go home and work on the things that you don't excel in. Mm -hmm. Don't work on your strengths as much. Work on your weaknesses more. Maintain and start the strengths tuning your, yep. and build the weaknesses. 100%. And, and also identify the weakness. Right. That's, have the humility enough to starts. know. Awareness. Back to the word awareness. Knowing and you, and you have to know who you're also trying to beat out, right? right. You, are, you mm -hmm. always have someone on the team. You're either trying to keep your position or beat someone out. And that's a good point because even those girls and guys that are, you know, at starting and at the top of their game, so to speak, they should never be stagnant. Don't be stagnant. And someone's at their heels. Right. So, exactly. you know, and that's especially a lot of time with hitting, where we have players that don't hit because they're not consistent. Right. Well, then you spend your winter to become a better hitter. Right. But the idea of, and when you coach, the things we're then coaching as a group are plays and, and the, the general right. pieces. But skill development over the winter program is all very, it, it's, a, it's a standard program. But your individualization is up to you. Yeah, yeah. Where you're going to put the extra work in is what you know you need. Right. Mm -hmm. And again, that just comes back to the word having that competitive, competitive drive, compete, and compete, and compete. the self awareness, knowing what your your strengths are, knowing what your weaknesses are. Is, is a great having being able to look yourself in the mirror. You know what? I'm not the best bunter, or you know what? I'm not the best stealer. You know, what? I need to work on some pop ups some more, or staying in front of a baseball, taking a baseball, whatever the case is. Um, and that's not to say. Don't be me, me, me. Don't be an I guy. Still do what's the best interest to help the team out. 
Um, but in fact, you are helping the team. 100%. When you have that self-awareness, to, to uh, if you can if you can level up, it makes everybody else level up. Right. So if you cheat yourself, you're inevitably cheating you're team. cheating the team. Right. So while How there is no eye, how many times, Jeremy, have you heard me say that to the guys yeah. out on the uh, yeah. on the field? There may not be an eye in team, but you know there yeah. kind of is. Right. You have to. But again, it comes. You also want to have that accountability yeah. though, and you mm-hmm. are talking about a maturity level that you also gain, as we can see from freshman to senior year. Yep. You know, we I think from coaching, we'll you know everyone, yeah. we roll our eyes. Oh, freshmen. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, they're not there yet. You know, but they have to have that accountability to their teammate. We're all here. Look, we spend a lot of time together doing working and failing a lot, right? Mm-hmm. So what are we trying to do? Get everybody on the same page to work for that same common goal, and that's where that compete, which we've said 70 times here, if you're not willing to put yourself second, team first, and the main part of that is making sure that you're at your best to contribute to the team. Mm-hmm. Don't be stubborn. Don't think you're going to be the one that doesn't have to do anything and is going to be the hero. It just statistically doesn't really work that way a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's just the reality. I and mean, that's another piece to look for what, if you're trying to get recruited. Show that you, you know, it's about the team and it's not about you. And it's do what's, in the, again, what's in the best interest of the team. Absolutely. 100%. I kind of want to end with this because I'm, I'm kind of interested. So give me or give us your best softball experience at St. Peter's? Oh, wow. Okay, you're totally on the spot. <laughs> um, you know, we, d- when the, we, s- the first time we swept, uh, uh, so that's hard. We are developed our program. We have been trying to double our wins. It mm-hmm. comes, it goes. We have come close. But one of the, probably the, uh, the highlights is uh, we actually played, this was four years ago, and we played um, in freezing rain in Greensboro, uh, North Carolina. And uh, we played UNC Greensboro. Mm -hmm. They were rated top 50 at the time. We had to play the game in two days because it rained, sleet, snow. We suspended the game in inning five, had to come back the next day to play two more innings the weather was not much better, <laughs> and we won. Wow, and that was unbelievable because it was that element of underdog, right? right? We all love, we, look at St. Peter's and the Mac on the whole, you know, we're, we're not Alabama. Right. Um, so we are always sort of an underdog. St. Peter's, particularly at that time, we're from the Northeast, Mac, playing a rated top 50 team. Mm-hmm. The fact that we would be, that close or that competitive to win mm-hmm. and having it be that experience where we went, it was terrible playing conditions yeah. right. and then came back and had to play two more innings, which, you know, that means that you have, to, there's no room for warming up, getting ready. Nope. You play two more innings and we won that. It was fantastic. Yeah. And so that, that was probably my, one of my, more, and it was mostly because it showed that grit, that determination, yeah. the focus. Right. To be able to come back that second day and turn it back on. Yeah. What was, which, the, score? What was the score when you came back the second day? Were you guys up or were you down? We were down. That even makes it even better. And we were down, t- and uh, forgive me. I, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, but we were down, I believe. Yeah. That makes it, and again, that comes Gosh, from. I hope that's right. That comes from I'm not what, sure. what I said in the beginning about. <laughs> I assume, look, I'm a pitcher. I assume we're down all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I don't actually want to know the score. I just assume we're down two, and it's my job to make sure it doesn't change. Right. So, there you go. Hold the lead. <laughs> well, Sue, I had a 
bunch of fun. A lot of good information for Absolutely. softball players out there. Uh, we and for the baseball players. Of course, 100%. Baseball players, I hope you were paying 100%. attention because it's pervasive. And, and, and it's, it, it works hand in hand, right? Mm-hmm. I know the games are kind of fairly different, but at the same time, they're very similar. And what we look for as coaches and what we, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the game itself is, is very similar. Um, Sue, again, appreciate you jumping on before you have some lessons here. I know. Um, that's it, folks. That's all we have for today. Of course, any uh, as always, if you have any questions or if you want uh, any questions for Coach Sue, just email the show at diamondtalkshow at gmail.com. Again, diamondtalkshow at gmail.com, and we'll be sure to answer any questions you may have. See you next week, folks. Stay tuned. We have Jeff Falzeron coming back on the show. <laughs>